A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week on the Gary House podcast, I have got a good friend of mine, Mrs. Holly Stables, speaking with me. Oh, we've already spoken, to be honest. I'm not going to pull the wool over your eyes. Holly won't need too much of an introduction for the majority of you, especially in the running world or indeed the podcasting world. But let's have a look at some of her PBs. And I'm taking these off her Instagram bio. I'm not some uh, complete stalker. Her 5K PB is 16 minutes, 10K, 34 minutes, half marathon, 74 minutes, marathon, two two minutes, two hours, 37. And she's also won a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games and represented GB multiple times. That doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of her ultra running career, where I know she's won multiple races and set multiple uh, course records across all kinds of distances, all kinds of terrain, which some of those I've managed to share with. A lot of the time she runs off into the distance from me too. She was also one of the, pod- one of the podcasters, one of the presenters of Marathon Talk for many years which is obviously probably the OG of running podcasts, and she's been on pretty much every other running podcast in the UK I can think of. But I wanted to get her on because she is a great friend of mine, both offline and online, and we speak about lots of things, and we have some great laughs. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to dig a bit deeper into her role as the ASIC frontrunner manager for the UK, which I haven't heard her speak about too much before on the podcast because everyone wants to know about her running career, and rightly so. So if you want to know more about her running, I would suggest one of the other podcasts, maybe. But we talk about training, life in general, and, of course, her role as the Essex frontrunner manager for the UK. What she enjoys, what she doesn't enjoy so much about the role, and some good tips in case you're wanting to apply next year. So hopefully you enjoy our conversation. Holly is a great guest, as always, so thank you, Holly, for coming on. Thanks for all the feedback so far on the show. Keep that coming. Comments on YouTube, ratings on your podcast or my Instagram. And here is Mrs. Holly Stables. Holly Stables, welcome to the Gary House podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, I'm in a, a newly darkened room, actually. I've just put a load of bin bags up on the windows. So we're... Oh, gone. Nice. Your neighbours must get a bit of a warm idea about you. Well, I think they're quite happy if I put pin bags on my windows. 
I've been starting these podcasts with one question and one question only, and I want to know why haven't you stopped running yet? Just to kick us off. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's because I sold the cars, so I can only get around by running. So until I get another car, um, I'll keep on running. How long have um, you? Is that a fair enough answer? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's more of a. Yeah, some people have taken it very seriously, and some of us uh, have been stumped with it, but. Rather than say, why did you start running? I've been using, why haven't you stopped yet? Um, I mean, yeah, if I'm giving you an honest answer, it, obviously I did sell the car, uh, but we got a van, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of why haven't I stopped running, do you know what? It's something I ask myself daily when I get up in the morning. I would happily stop running, but there's some horrible thing inside me that um, I, that, it's, it, it's, it, that I have to go running. And I honestly, actually, it, I've over the last couple of weeks, I've had a real bit of a loss of my running mojo, um, which I do get, but not very often, where I just can't actually, I, there's nothing inspiring about going out running. Um, and for that, I always need a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really important to me. But I think uh, I am totally like everyone else. Some days I don't want to go out running, but I, it's almost like um, I have to go out running. Also, because I'm old, if I stop for any period of time, I can't, I just find it really hard to start up again. It's like I'm an engine where the oil needs to keep being moving, you know, in the joints. If I stop, then I seize up and something happens bad. When was the last time you had like a period where you couldn't run? Because I've known you for, well, a number of years now and you're very consistent with training and everything now. But when was the last time that you had a, like an extended period where you couldn't run for whatever reason? Um, okay, so the last time where I couldn't run, so I stopped was the last time I had a stress fracture and that was um just before UTMB which was 2018 um and I had to take um I mean I'll be honest I only took about a month off because I had to go out I went out to the Alps because I was going out there to train for UTMB so I had to um cross train while I was out there and hike um so but I had you know probably about four to six weeks off running but I've had much longer periods off because of big injuries um and they've all they've all been pretty much all been stress fractures or actual proper clean breaks Mm. um so yeah that was the last time i took any sort of time off unless it was after a big race so i have actually been i was going to say lucky but no i made big changes so that didn't happen um and and that's something of the way i'm going to have to continue training and you know we can talk about that later or now if you want you got slower (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right thanks <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that is like you like you say you you've been lucky but like i know how you train and everything now so it's not you're right it's not luck at all um we will always get pick up little injuries and stuff that might keep us out for a few days but like you say stress factors is a, is a culmination isn't it and yeah it's good that you can almost look back at that and think quite positively that that hopefully won't happen again i'm guessing yeah i mean i think uh, that was my seventh fracture which is not a badge of honor that i wear you know in a good way i i it's something that I'm, i happily talk about because obviously throughout my career i was getting fractures all the time or actual breaks i mean i actually broke my foot completely i broke my heel completely um, and that was all because of the way I trained and the way I looked after myself. And, you know, I, it took me a long time to learn that running 
constantly without doing any sort of strength training and not eating enough, running on roads and wearing stupid, like thin shoes. You know, I, I, I think it's, you know, it's crazy that I thought that, you know, after I'd have a fracture, I would get over it and then I would almost continue in the same way. And it wasn't until that last time where I just thought, I just can't continue like this. It's heartbreaking. And if you get a fracture every year, every two year, um, two a year, that's almost half your year out because not only have you got to take time out, you'd have, it takes you a while to get back to where you were, you know, because you're, no matter how hard you cross train, it's not running related. So um, it, it, it's so sad that it took me that long to really realise. And then when I did, it took me a long time to actually realize the benefits of what i was doing i mean i think it's just a lot you know for a lot of ultra uh, sorry endurance runners that we want to see results really quickly and i wasn't seeing results really quickly by lifting but after so many months you know this was months and after six months and a year that's when i saw the really big changes and genuinely um touch wood i've not had anything since then which is amazing and my bone density improved significantly when it when you were so now because i know you do the strength training i know you eat really well i know you train really well but if you're like me you will still get kind of you might get a bit of foot pain or i might get i've got an old achilles injury so i might that might start to be a little bit niggly do you start to almost worry that it's going down that line or you or do you have to kind of like sometimes i'll sit down and go actually no i don't think it is gonna end up in that old injury because i know how to manage it it is just a bit of age coming in and and the fact that I've trained hard for X amount of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there is that age, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that every time I get a niggle, um, I do think, oh, no, because all my niggles were always bone related. Mm. And the first thing I would always do is I would go and get an MRI scan. I don't, I know, I, I know it's costly. I don't have private medical insurance, but I would go and pay for an MRI because I need to know there and then. Most of the time, it would be, uh, you've got a stress fracture, and you'd be like, great, okay, I know what to do here. But um, I actually had a bit of a, but I'll be honest, I haven't actually had any niggles as such. I maybe have had some tightness, my back feels a bit tight, blah, 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 but then I just back off, mm -hmm. I do a bit of self, again, I don't have massage, I don't do anything like that. I have physio when I need it, but that's it. But when I had, I had a bit of a, um, a foot thing, and it was probably about a month before the arc, and I thought, oh, because um, I've broken my foot a couple of times. I was like, oh, is this what I think it is? I went through all the things in my head of, you know, what it could be, what it couldn't be. Um, so I paid for an MRI scan and it came back. that I had a slight Morton's neuroma, which I've had for a long time. Mm. And it just flared up a little bit. So for me, I was like, great, I know what to do here. And it is something I have to manage. Uh, but apart from that, no, I mean, because I just haven't had that many niggles since 2018. I haven't had that. But yeah, the thought process will come in. Those thoughts will come in, the dark thoughts. Um, you know, I'm going to have to take time off. I'm going to have to cross train. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm okay with that. Back in the day, I really wasn't okay with that. It was like the, the be all and end all. It was like, if I have to cross train for 12 weeks again, I'm going to lose it, but I will do it. Yeah. Um, whereas now I'm much more relaxed, you know, about cross training. I'll cross train, I'll take some days off. Whereas before, I would be in the gym twice a day smashing it out on the spin bike or, or in the in the pool aqua jogging just took over my life and it was just more time consuming than running yeah now the last kind of longer term injury i had and it was it was after that dragon's back say six weeks i knew it was going to be six weeks before i could 
run and I was on the on the Zwift on the bike in the garage and like you say I was kind of doing three four hour rides but didn't need to do that because I wouldn't be out exercising that much so soon after the dragon's back anyway but it was just yeah yeah I get caught kind of thinking well I'm, I'm gonna have to keep fit on this bike not really enjoying it and then something just switched I was like right I'm just gonna do an hour and it was <laughs> and it was much more enjoyable yeah it's it's it is weird. Like when I've got the choice of cross training, I'm much happier doing it, especially these days. Whereas if it's forced upon me, I hate it. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. And also like walking to the gym, it's like, oh, can I be asked to do that? Whereas, you know, before I was massively motivated because a lot of the time I had like big competitions or big races I had to do. So it's like, okay, I do need to train this hard. Well, within reason. Now, I'm just a bit kinder to myself, I think. I think I'm like, do you know what? I'm I'm really tired today, so I'm just not going to run, or I'm not going to go and do that cross training session, that stair climb. I'm not going to do it because, you know, I'm not going. I'm not, you know, what am I training? What am, you know, what's this for? I should be. I want to do it because I want to do it, and and because I'm happy. And that's what I was saying about with the mojo recently. Um, I just haven't felt that motivated to go out to do any really long runs as well. I did a 17 miler the other day. And it felt like it went on and on and on and on. And I thought, how on earth did I run the arc? But that was the arc and I've done that, that was great. But the 17 mile of the day, it was just like pulling teeth. And it was so slow, it was just awful. But you have those days, don't you? Those longer runs that are further out from any kind of race that you're doing, I always think are a bit harder to mentally because yeah, you just, it's not close enough to the race to think this is making a, <laughs> this is, this is a truly specific training session, but it, it it is, you go out and you do it and it's, and it, you might even be exactly the same amount like time as it would if you're feeling great, like time-wise, it's just, yeah, it's just sometimes you, you do feel like that. I, and, and on but, your, but then I guess, go on. Sorry. No, I mean, I think the other thing is, well, you have to think about like, what, why are you going out and doing these long runs? I mean, mm. a long run doesn't have to be 17, 20 miles. Now, back in the day, it was 20 miles on a Sunday staple. That's what we always did. But it'd be a pretty quick pace. Now, if I go up for 20 miles, it takes me forever because I'm pissing about with the dog or, you know, trying to, you know, go in over stars, get chatting to someone who's got a dog, patting a pony. Whereas before, good Lord, I wouldn't dream of that. Um, so it's very different. And, you know, a long run doesn't, a long run, it can be 90 minutes and that could be as far as you get in that 90 minutes. It doesn't, I think you have to think about what you're doing it for. And if you're doing it because you feel that you have to do it, but you're not actually training for anything, then I think you need to perhaps rethink what it's all about. Yeah. And plus sometimes you have the odd day off or two days off. And if I have two days off, I know I'm, I get frustrated. And then like you say, it need, you need oiling kind of thing. And then you think, then you go out on the third day, say you feel lethargic, but then you might have one of your best runs for weeks, and it's and it and it reminds you that actually, yeah, you, that's because you've had two days rest <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I've had more rest days in the last year than I've ever had. Mm. And also, the other thing is, I can't take more than two days off because I get really badly constipated. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, yeah. How I... do normal people who don't do any exercise do a poo? I mean, you have to keep moving, don't you? Some people don't poo for days, even weeks, do they? But I mean, you know, sorry we've slipped down this. Oh, no, until but, I, you know, it's quite, I need coach, to keep moving. Like you, until I started coaching, I didn't understand how many people 
had problem with their bowels and shitting and stuff like this, and that's all they want to talk about. It's like, how do you prevent yourself shitting for an hour? Like, what, what do you do when you go to the supermarket? Kind of thing. Like, can't leave the house without. It's just, I, I don't. For me, I get up, have a coffee, and that clears the pipes. So if I miss that slot, then there's yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's trouble if I miss that slot. Slot. So people go on about their circadian rhythms and sleep and everything. I can sleep at any time. It's it's going to the toilet. I need to go. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I'll bear that in that... mind when uh, when I'm pacing you. <laughs> yeah. Did you see like going sidetracking? Did you see the Romslow half marathon at the weekend? Um, no, I didn't. I had a couple of friends uh, racing it. Uh, no, did someone have a bit of a toilet issue? Uh, yeah, this this guy and it, he's put it up on his Strava as a basically full pull of Radcliffe moment, but didn't stop, and it's all over the place. <laughs> so he's PB'd. And was he was he winning? No, it's Wilmslow half marathon. He's just he's just got a PB, but it's literally everywhere, <laughs> and that's his. That's like his. What, you, like, you, I've never wanted a PB that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, I think you'd have to be, you know, I think I can understand why Radcliffe did it when you've got maybe like half yeah. a million uh, on, uh, at stake. But apart from that, no. I mean, I did have a bit of an issue when I did the, just dropping that in that, when I did the Commonwealth Games. But my <laughs> teammate who I was running with, <laughs> teammate who I was running with, she had a bit of an issue as well. And it was a lapped course. So we had to keep running past her shit. <laughs> which was pretty gross and she'd had a lot of beat it this is when the beat, beat it shots were yeah, around yeah. um i mean i'm sure some people still take it but i never took it uh because again it can cause havoc with you um especially when you're running in india and you've had it combined with lentils and stuff and i think that was part of the problem but anyway yeah that's the side story another for another day maybe yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny you get into coaching and then next thing you know that's it you're talking about you either talk about food or yeah people shitting heavy <laughs> Um, yeah, going on to coaching, because I know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to drag um, Pete, your better half, onto another podcast. And I want to talk about coaching and strength work in that podcast. And um, I'm going to drag him on out of <laughs> wherever he is. Um, well, um, he did say that he doesn't do podcasts. I think he's done one and he hated it. Um, and so he said the only one he would do would, would be yours. So you are very honoured. He hasn't done it yet, though, mind you, but he said he would. Good, good. That'll be a good one. So we'll leave the... Yeah, maybe we'll pick up the shit talk with Pete. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> the, um, what I wanted to ask you was uh, your role with ASICS, how that started, and what it looks like now with the front runners, because I know you've just gone through the selection process, and... Being in social media myself, I guess you would have to call that. It's always fascinated me how it's grown, number one, and two, um, how you became like the queen of it all, really. I'm not sure about queen. I'm probably witch. They probably call me witch. Um, so I actually, so my journey with um, A6, A6, you can say it either way, um, started in 2013, actually, because... I was um, actually 10 years gone. Before that, I was a, a sponsored athlete with um, Socony or Socony, again, I don't know how you say it. Um, so I was with them for maybe a couple of years. And um, my relationship with them ended um, mainly because I just couldn't wear their shoes at the time. Bear in mind, this is like 2012, so it's quite a while ago. 
And um, I was actually in Mallorca training for comrades because I had comrades that summer. That was my first ultra. So I was in, in Mallorca training there. I love training in Mallorca. It's fantastic for road running and trail. Uh, obviously then I never, I never ran trail. Um, and so when I was there, my friend um, Simon Freeman rang me. I don't know if you know him. He's the, um, he set up like the wind and free stack. And stuff. Right, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Anyway, he, yeah, he rang me to say, I don't suppose you are free like in the next two days because there's an opportunity in Chamonix to go out there and do some work with ASICs. They've had, they're doing this, um, they're doing this record attempt where they're putting two teams together, like a pro trail runners and then um, pro or semi-pro athletes from different types of sports. And they're going to, on the longest day of the year, um, to run around Mont Blanc, so UTMB route, um, within daylight hours. So, mm-hmm. uh, what are they, 13 hours, something. Um, um, on a stage, sort of stage thing, so it's continuous. Um, and the guy, Tim Don, the triathlete, who was an ASICS uh, ambassador at the time, um, had to pull out. And so they knew that I wasn't with Socony anymore. So he contacted me and said, do you think you should go out? And I was like, well, oh, God, I've never run on a trail like that. I've done cross country, but that was it. And so I was like, okay, I'll do it. Because I, I just thought, why not? So I went out to Chamonix and it was all an amazing trip. Um, I ended up running the leg from, if anyone knows it, from um, Notre Dame de la Gorge up to Col de Bonhomme. So it's basically just up and over like ice and stuff. So I was totally out of my comfort zone. And um, so from there, I've had an amazing weekend. And from there, my relationship with ASIC started. And they said, would you, would you like to be an athlete for ASICs? And I was like, okay, that'd be great. Um, and ASICs was my first shoes I ever wore, actually, when I first started, like a lot of people. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, that, so I was with them as an athlete. Was that the first time you'd hit the trails? And then did you, was that a view to, right, I'm going to run more trails then? When you, or was it just that ASICs were there? Because cause back then, I'm trying to think, I can't remember ASICs being big on the, like, trail UTMB kind of scene back back then, really. No, I mean, to be fair, though, the so the guy on the other team was Xavier Temenand, who was one UTMB, CCC, TDS, mm. all of them. Um, I mean, that was the weird thing, right? Xavi was, um, like, one of the best trail runners, and he was ASICs, which was, yeah, and I'll be honest, the trail stuff was pretty crap um and it was for quite a number of years actually so when i i'm just trying to think i think that was no so the year before no it was the same year i can't remember i'd been to nepal so i'd done my first sort of trail expedition um but that was the only thing but i've not really done any long trail races or anything because it wasn't until after comrades that i did ultravassen which was a 90k trial race in Sweden, which yeah. was ASICs as well. Um, and um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my first experience. Like, my first experience going to the Alps, I'd never been to Chamonix. I'd never done anything like that. And of course, if you've never been anywhere like that and you turn up there, it's like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, but also slightly terrifying because I'd not, yeah, I'd never ran on stuff like that. I'd never done a race where you start at the bottom of a mountain and run to the top of it through rivers and over sort of glaciers and stuff that was yeah not my thing really um but yeah no I did I did fall in love with it but it was still out it was out of my comfort zone especially descending luckily I didn't have to descend in that section I just had to go up um so yeah so there that's where I started and then I 
I was a, a, a sponsored athlete, seeded athlete. So I wasn't uh, paid, but I got kit. But I got at the time you get bonuses for mm -hmm. races you do. And uh, this is back in the day where it was all about editorial. So if you were in Athletic Weekly, you'd get yeah. paid for that. If you were in like the local papers, you got paid for it because I read did Brighton Marathon and I came second, and there was like a picture of me. So I, in A6, where you get paid for that. So I mean, I, I wasn't exactly going off and you know paying off my mortgage. Um, I was actually working for England Athletics at the time as well. So, so that's, that's how that started. And then it wasn't until 2017 that the ASICS front runner um, started in the UK. It started in 2010 in Germany. That's when it was started. Um, and it started rolling out through, the, through different countries, but it was in Germany for quite a number of years because um, it's actually a German guy with an ASICS who started it up. Mm. And, um, and then in 2017 we they advertised they started doing the ambassadorship here um and they asked me if i'd be part of like it's called a pro team so it was people like me hannah england um i can't remember the other people luke gunn people like that who would be in the team but we wouldn't sort of take part in the how do i say this the happy clappy cheerleading type stuff <laughs> so um you went so down with the chip munchers. So I would just dip in when I was needed and be like, oh, hi. Yeah. Um, and then the community manager who started, I don't think it had been that six months, basically was asked to, was asked to leave. And um, they asked me if I would like to go on the international weekend. So every year there's an international meet that the ASICS frontrunners can go to. Bearing in mind there's like 700 um, frontrunners now all over the world and they can all go to this one meet. So like last year it was in Portugal, this year it was in, that I was asked to, it was in Germany in somewhere, a little town called Neuss. Um, and they said, would you like to go to this weekend? You can see what it's like to be amongst all the frontrunners and then you can decide whether you want to be the community manager. I went on this weekend and I've got to be honest, I came back from that weekend, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be a front runner manager it is just they are mental a lot of them so they're all just really over happy they're all like different mainly young at the time but I felt quite old bearing in mind I was probably 39 what was I 40 I can't remember um and uh there was a night race and you could do a 5k or a 10k most of the team were drunk before the race started um and so I did the 5k I'd already had a beer because I thought I'd better join in, did the 5k. And then afterwards, we basically just drank beer constantly from then, uh, went to a nightclub, came home at five in the morning. It was just, I was exhausted, utterly exhausted. But I came away from it and I was like, do I really want to do this? And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And here I am. I'm still here. Um, and it's evolved over the years, I will say. It's, it's a very different team. It's a very different community than it was when it first started. How many um, you I think back then I think, compared to how many you choose now? So how many were in the team? Or... How many were in the team originally, like when you were being the the, the like the, the manager and then it has it grown now? Now I'm assuming the application Yeah, it's about grown. double the amount. Yeah. And and how many oh, yeah. applications so, are it... So this year, um, we've got 50 now. And when I started, I think I had about 26 mm. people. So in terms of management, it's much harder. It's, you know, like herding cats. But um, there's, yeah, 50 of them in this country. Um, in Germany, there's a lot more. And I think 
I think we're the second or third biggest country now. Like Italy's pretty big. Germany's the biggest um, team because that's the founding team, although they, they cut a lot of people. Um, and applications, it varies. I mean, I think the biggest year we got 5,000 applications. And I go through those personally. You can imagine how long that takes. And also back in the day, they used to ask them about 50,000 questions. Like what the, can I swear on this? Yeah. So it's like, what, what the fuck am I going to, how am I going to go through all of that? Um, please just make the questions shorter. It's just insane. And some of the questions used to be things like, what's your PBs? And because it was called a front runner, and I think people got confused that you had to be fast. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole aim when it first started, which I think wasn't good. I mean, I think, like I said, the whole community has changed um it's not about being a front runner yeah we have we have like ex-olympians in our team but we also have so it is important to have um, people like that in there i think and people that are doing well and pushing things just so it pushes the others on and inspires the others it doesn't mean you can't have front runners on or back runners does it i don't think yeah no i mean i totally agree i mean i think the whole point of the team and the team that i've wanted to make over the years is i definitely felt that when i joined that the team was very, um, it, it was very the same. I felt that, you know, all the, there's all sorts of runners out there now, especially now, anyone runs. And I thought that I wanted every runner to be able to look at the team and say, there's someone like me there. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's really important. That doesn't have to be just like what they look like. It has, it, well, I want it to be like their age, their background, um, the, the pace they run, the sort of stuff they run. Like some people in the team never run on the road. Some people only run, run five uh, park runs. Um, some people do track, some people do ultra. Um, we've got the oldest member of the team, 62. Yeah, we could have someone older and that's something I'm working on. This year, I wanted to get younger people on because when I first joined, I was the oldest person in the team at 39, which is not old, I don't think. Um, so my aim was to get older people, especially older women, because I think if that was something we weren't showing. It was younger younger girls and for me that that's not me so um we got older we've got some amazing old older ladies mature ladies in the team and um and so this year i realized that actually bloody hell we're all a bit old now so this year i wanted to try and find some under 25s i tell you what that was actually quite hard mm. so many i mean i must say i think the great thing we've obviously done a good job because this year we had a lot of older, like over 40s, a lot of over 40s applying. But I think there's a lot of over 40 people running now, um, which is great. Um, and also we had an awful lot of Muslim women apply, which again was amazing because we didn't have any Muslim women or men in the team. And I, and I felt that that was not good. So um, taking on like Sadia and Taz and Samina um, has been um, a real asset to the team and they've really encouraged um, women to apply which is great and what does um what does applying for and being you know like because i've seen people apply for the front runners and things like this but what does it mean if i if i was to sign up for the front runner what basically what is what are they committing to in other words and and what kind of support do they get is it just a community of of you all or is it kind of um, are they leading runs? I, I mean, I, I've got no clue. So you tell me. So they're signing up to a lifetime of WhatsApp groups. <laughs> yeah. Can I... um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if I never have a WhatsApp. Is that group, why you've got four I mean, phones just... every time I see you? <laughs> a couple of burners. I, 
there's a girl, Becca, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to, I'm going to out her here. Becca is obsessed with WhatsApp. She'll have a WhatsApp group about the WhatsApp group, about that WhatsApp group. It's just every event, we have to have WhatsApp groups for that. We're, you know, it's just ridiculous, but they seem to love it. Um, you know, you're signing up to, you're going to be, you're going to be a brand ambassador. And that's the other thing is like, we've had people apply who just want to, I guess, get free kit or I don't know, but you have to actually, there's no point signing up to these or trying to join an ambassador group if you don't actually like the product because um it's like i completely get like so the whole vapor fly thing when that that came came out and I, and we lost some of the athletes the faster athletes because they wanted to wear their shoes i completely get it um it was like hard for me because i wanted to wear them um but you you know you can't race in them um so i completely get that but now we've obviously got the best yeah, fast uh, you out there, so we're winning. Um, but you need to be able to actually um, like to wear the product because you are going to be exclusive to the brand. Um, when you join, you get loads of kit, you get loads of shoes. Honestly, by the end of the year, you'll be sick to death of the kit. Um, you get race bibs for all the ASICs races globally. Um, we've just signed with Ultra X actually in the UK, which is great. So they get to do those races, which saves you a few pennies, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you have we have meets meets every year, which is great. So obviously we've got one coming up. This is all paid for, and you come to the meets, you'll get to listen to me waffle on for a bit, and then we'll we produce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, I bet they can't I'm wait for this weekend to apply, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> um, the I mean the content. It's all about producing content as well. So we get loads of photos, we make reels, we get videos. Um, I mean, that, that's the other thing I think has changed over ASICs, which I think is amazing. I think it's great compared to other brands from what I can see. So ASICs, the EMEA, will use ASICs front runners for their campaigns, for their shoe launches, uh, for their, um, all of their, a lot of their, um, you'll go into a store and you could see one of the, you'll see a front runner yeah. in, in the store as a picture. You know, they, they, they've gone away from using um, fashion, uh, sports models, um, totally unrelatable people. They do use, um, obviously, pro athletes, ASICs pro athletes. But I'll be honest, they're using more and more of the um, front runners because they're the people that are like us. And I love that. I think it's really good. I think that's a great thing that ASICs are doing. So, like, you know, all of the, 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 the Super Blast campaign that just came out had Sadia from our team, you know, Who'd have thought that you'd have had a Muslim woman wearing a hijab, where running in super blast through the streets of London, and it's cool. Um, so stuff like that. Well, Jamie was the face of the front runner campaign this year, and Jamie is a Blade Runner. Um, so I think that A6 do a really good job in that respect, and the front runners get to be involved, and they get so many opportunities to like. We've got we've got one of our front runners at the moment in Japan, and she's doing some um, trail shoots in on mount fuji um she joined the team last year she never expected that to happen um we've had sean just come back from italy she just did a, an amazing event out there um so they all get opportunities um to, to take part in this and like i said it's it is a community um and people can put as much into that as they like or as little we have some people who are so invested in asics front runner it's terrifying <laughs> and then we have others who just sit on the sidelines a little bit and go dip in and out and i completely understand that as well 
So it's, um, and they're not forced to do anything like some people might believe. I mean, I don't go around forcing them to do things. Um, and they sign up for a year? And um, for a year, is that right? No, no. They, is it just they ongoing? Indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. There's not, we don't do, um, you don't have to re-sign every year. They have to sign an ambassador's agreement, which is yearly. Well, it's actually, I say it's yearly, it's actually ongoing. Mm. So they only leave. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com unless I boot them off uh, and they'd have to do something pretty bad um, or it just comes to a natural end. We lost a, um, a, yeah, an athlete to be a, a I managed, we've, we've managed to, Grace has gone on to be like a seeded athlete, which is great. So that, that's, that makes me happy. Yeah. And then other people, Harry's just uh, moved to New Zealand and he's decided he wants to stay there. Well, that's great. Um, but he'll be working with Essex uh, New Zealand. So um, yeah, it, it goes, it, you know, we've got people who've been in the team since 2017. Dear God, I wish they weren't here, but they're still there. <laughs> Is that Pete? Don't listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pete joined in, I can't remember, 2018, actually. He's been here quite a long time, yeah. I mean, he does need to move on. He doesn't do much. What what demographic were you trying to fill when you signed him up? <laughs> um, I was looking for a lump, a running lump. Um, no, I mean... Pete was Pete was I mean it was always about stories we always wanted a story as well yeah. like someone had something interesting right so Sean who's who's transgender Sean I knew when she was Simon and then she contacted me and we raced against each other yeah. and said hi you probably don't remember me and that was an amazing story and Sean is happy to tell her story to anyone who'll listen which is like gold dust um and you know her story is amazing and and Pete's story was amazing you know the fact that he was a powerlifter who started ultra running um and you know you know you don't see many 110 kilo guys as he was at the time doing he did the one which was 80 something miles mm. i mean he was just inside the cutoff don't tell him that um <laughs> but he did it so it's it's stories like it's stories like that isn't it and it's it's you know uh, and those are the things that we found hard this year we didn't have many stories as such we had a lot of people applying who just like running which was great yeah. Um, and, you know, the last couple of years, we sort of have a story. It's sort of quite a, a theme. So I think last year, I think it was maybe because of COVID or something, it was all about children and families on their applications, uh, which is fine. And then the year before, it was always about food, plates of food. You know, when you go on some of Instagram, it's just plates of food. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, what? Um, or it's just pictures of how far they ran on Strava or their watch. But like, it just tells me nothing about you. What's the weirdest application you think you've had? 
without dropping anyone in it? Um, the loads. We've had some funny ones. I mean, we had one a couple of years ago, which I thought was bloody funny. This guy applied and said, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said he wanted to have breakfast with Pete in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair, fair dues, but he wasn't interested in anything else. I was like, you probably just want to skip into his DMs about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've got 50 of them. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really good. Like, obviously, I don't know too much about it, but just with social media now, Instagram especially, um, either someone will follow me or speak to me and I think, oh, they look interesting. And quite often it's like, oh, they're a front runner kind of thing. And like you say, you can quite quickly see their story because of the way that they use their social media. It's not just a picture of a shoe or leg, every single photo or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm assuming yeah. that is you and the team doing quite a good job, I guess, because I imagine it can be quite hard because you're on social media, you're, um, but you're also this the ASICS frontrunner, like top picker, for want of a better word. And so I'm assuming a lot of the time people you know are applying and things like this, and it, it can be quite difficult, or people mm. hump maybe because, yeah, they think that they should or they're getting overlooked when it's just a genuine process, isn't it? And it is, although it is a choice, but it's not it is just it's just fun at the end of the day isn't it it's not something to get too angry about I don't think yeah yeah no I mean genuinely we have in the past had some proper trolling afterwards and you know I do always think to, you know I want to say like good you know we've had 5,000 applications and I've got like five places mm-hmm. you know some of you are not going to get in I'm really sorry um, and I do try and give people feedback afterwards although it's really hard when you have like thousands of people asking for feedback it's just look I'll, I'll say this now, like I'll say every year we do have a different sort of criteria that we're looking for. So this year it was young under 25. Yeah. And I did say that actually in some of my stories. Um, and then other years we were like, we need to look for older people. We need to look for trial runners. Or we need to look for people based in like locations as well. We might be really sparse in locations. Um, you know, so it's got nothing personally. And then what, I, what I'll quite often do, so I have, a, I have a long short list. So this year I had about 14 people on it. And every year, most likely, that person on that shortlist, if they apply again, quite often gets in. So Alana, who got in this year, has applied every year since applications. And she's been on my yeah. shortlist several times. Because of the criteria, she hasn't got in. She got in this year. I think Dion had applied, this is his third or fourth year. So I say to people, don't give up. And also, don't get shitty if you don't get in, because it's some of the people as well who've been really gracious as well and you know good about it because it is really hard for me um, and, and I will say it's not just me putting people in I will get together the people I think that are great then I present them to the central team who are the European team and then they say or the UK team they'll say oh actually that person we think we prefer or that person so you know it's not just down to me so I don't want it to be a big witch hunt about me but um yeah. <laughs> so it is hard <laughs> yeah so it is hard to <laughs> please everyone and I I hope I do a good job I I think I think every year I'm always like I think oh, I think oh they're great I think they're going to really work and pretty much all the time they do we've had a few issues before but most of the time everyone's really really good and um it, yeah, like you say, it, it is hard to please everyone. And, and I, we're not allowed to say how many people we're taking on every year. I think sometimes if we could just say, mm-hmm. do you know what? There's only five. Like some countries have only taken on two people, you know, and it's so hard. It's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, especially when, because the nature of it, you have to kind of advertise it, <laughs> and kind of make a big fact that 
it's opening for entries and then a couple of people get added. I guess it's quite tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is really tough. And, and, and going back to what you saying about the front runners posting stuff, I mean, they, again, there's no um, request for them to do like so many posts a week or a month, anything like that. We just like them to post about certain campaigns. So like the Nimbus 25, um, but most of the, you know, a lot of the team get the shoe. Um, and it's, we just like them to do like an unboxing, you know, it'd be like if you gifted a shoe, you, you, un, you do an unboxing story or whatever, and we're real. I mean, but some of them are amazing at producing content. I'm absolute garbage at it. So I tend to leave it to them. Um, you know, I'm great at a dog picture or something, or, you know, Pete, I'm really lucky that Pete's a photographer. So I get some good content with that, but I'm just no good at doing, you know, the fancy stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's what they do and they love it. Part and part um, love it these days, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like when, yeah, like, yeah. Let's be honest, I, I enjoy taking the piss out of things like that, but it's not from a place when it's an unboxing, cause I've taken the mick out of those unboxing videos. It's not like, I, <laughs> it's not like I've got a vendetta against it. I just think it's quite funny for me, to, quite funny at the time. And then, but yeah, you can peep like with content creation these days, some of the, some of the kind of, yeah, literally some of the the unboxing videos are literally like you could watch them all day kind of thing. You, you find yourself in a black hole of unboxing videos because just because of the way it's and you, and, and I can I know how long it takes to do one of my shitty ones. So when you see some of them, they must have put some time and effort into it. At least you can appreciate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, some of them, some of the team are just so good at it. And I just think, wow, wow how did you do that? And then some of them are just hilarious at it, but they've tried to be serious. And that's the yeah. best. Those are the best ones, you yeah. know? Like we have Kat Karen, who is, she was a, a mature member of the team. Um, I love Karen. Um, running like a wrinkly is her Instagram um, handle, <laughs> but she does loads of amazing content. But some of her stuff is hilarious. I mean, she does stuff like so. She sent us. I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but it is really funny. She lives in um, the New Forest, so she does a lot of stuff like in the woods. And um, she has done quite a few times where she set up her camera and she's been running along and stuff. And then she sent us one the other day where she'd forgotten where her camera was, her <laughs> phone. And so she's just like running up and down, like looking, and then it's just brilliant. And then she finally finds it. It's like 10 minutes of footage of her trying to panic and running around and, you know, hiding behind trees and stuff. And it's supposed to be serious, but it's bloody funny. Um, so stuff like that, I think it's gold. I also think once you're invested in, say you're with ASICS as a frontrunner or whatever, and you're creating content, I think you can be as creative with it and as like full on with it as you want because like you're signed up to them really then aren't you it's not like you're uh, you know it's, you're not having a different brand every week kind of thing that's it doesn't that doesn't sit as well with me if it's all epics and you can be any shape size kind of ability as a runner if you're an asset front runner or, or one of the other teams or whatever an ambassador for anyone like, i just think you should be at least like invested in that brand but for the amount of time that they're supporting you really yeah and i can tell in the team the ones who aren't really that invested i mean genuinely i would say probably 90 percent of the team spend all of their spare money on asic stuff mm -hmm. extra stuff i mean they get a discount code which is a big discount code but they'll constantly be buying on the whatsapp groups a whole like whatsapp group on what they bought today um, they they have far more kit than I have and shoes. They they're so they love it so much, um, and that's got nothing to do with me. I'm not making them do that, or you know the 
none of us are making them do that. They do it because they genuinely love it. Um, and um, and that's great. And that's what about being that's what a brand ambassador is about. It's about actually loving the kit and the shoes and the brand and the um, the sort of philosophy behind it. So I think I think that's why they do such a good job. So if you want to be an Essex frontrunner next year, go out and buy a load of Essex kit and just keep keep wearing it. <laughs> that's what Holly's saying. I mean, I mean, some people do apply. It's quite funny. Pictures quick. <laughs> <laughs> seriously i mean that is a question we get it's like oh yeah but what if i have worn nike in the past it's like fine that's fine i've worn nike in the past it's absolutely no problem but if you've like all your pictures before you were dressed head to toe in hoka or something and you've got yeah. an unboxing thing of hoka the month before and then suddenly your last three pictures might be in your old asic stuff it's it is sort of obvious mm-hmm. um but do you know what i mean i think you know i'm not expecting people to apply who just have like who sleep in asics pajamas no no because i don't so going on that what do you think is um what do you think the best part of social media is and what do you think the worst part is start with oh, the best like there's so much there's just more i'm only oh no i can't even think because i think that like, because i've spent enough time with you to know that although like we both work i guess in the online space yeah but when i'm not Mm. on instagram i'm not scrolling endlessly kind of thing it is a work thing i find it like it's just essential for work and obviously i'm an online coach yeah (laughs) yeah it'd be ridiculous Mm. if you didn't kind of have an online presence i always because i see so many coaches yeah moaning about the fact that oh i'm not going to be on social media all day or whatever but then they're the ones that don't have any clients basically um so yeah and they expect people to come to them exactly, yeah them. yeah and and because i have spent time with you i know that you're not the kind of person to be constantly scrolling on your phone so how do you balance the fact that yes you work within social media but at the same time um yeah you don't get you're not in a you're not dragged into the videos all day unless obviously you watch your mind <laughs> now you're on mute um so i if I'll be honest, there's a lot of the time where I just want to uh, turn off all my social media stuff because yeah. that's the bad thing. I'll get to the bad thing in a minute. I think the good thing about it, genuinely, is I've met people. I've met you because I, um, I well, actually, I listened to you on a podcast, but that was through, I guess, inst- so that's social media, isn't it? Yeah. I've seen you on, it was the, it was the, um, it was the rum boy, what are they called? <laughs> what are they called? I've forgotten them. The fat, fat boy running. What are they called? Say fat oh. boy running. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Um, I listened to you on there, and I'll be honest. To start with, I was like, "Oh, he really is going to piss me off. He's going to talk shit. He's yeah. going to talk about rollers and stuff like that." And then when you started talking about stuff like that and dissing it and saying and talking stuff, that I sort of agree with. I was like, "Oh God, I actually really like him." And then, so I, I think I just sort of slipped into your DMs or something. I can't remember. I didn't send you any pictures or anything, so don't worry about no. that. Um, but I, um, so I think meeting people. Was after running like, past me at genu- the last kilometre of Barcelona <laughs> Marathon, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were there. Honestly, if I had, I'd have tap- tapped you on the bum. Yeah. Um, but I, so sort of meeting people, like genuine, like friends, I would say now. Um, meeting people that's been really really good and also although I have to say like I don't just believe it or not 
follow runners on Instagram. Oh. I love um, like van people. I've got this, my separate, my other life, like van lifers, because I'm massively into YouTube. I love YouTube. Um, and I have a sort of almost like a little group of community friends that I've got to know through that, yeah. um, people who live in vans. So I don't really, for me, the, I don't really watch running stuff. Um, so for that, um, that's, it's made me open up to a different sort of community. So that's the good thing. And obviously, like you, like you say, um, for me, it's, it's part of my work. Um, not that I really advertise for, um, uh, online coaching. Cause I don't really, we don't really have many online co co coaching clients cause we don't really want them, but, um, but definitely our business, but our e-guides, e e I'm not selling myself, am I? e-guides etc and programs yes we use instagram that's the only form of advertising we do um so those are the good sides of it i think um and also just seeing people accomplish great things i think that's great genuinely if that's what they're doing but you choose um, i always then I say to people in my own group you, like yeah. ultimately you choose people moan about the algorithm and who they see and all that kind of stuff but you choose your own algorithm to a certain extent kind of thing don't you so like people yeah, you, you I mean, if I, or whatever. if I go through looking at, yeah, yeah, like if my, I, if I go through looking at TikTok, I spend a time not looking at like penguins. I, I my videos on, penguins. Go on, sorry, speaking over you then, but like TikTok. No, it's like because I don't use it for work. Well, I do. I put my videos up there for work, but it's literally I don't know what I'm doing with TikTok. I don't want to know about TikTok. But the few people that I do follow, I think I follow two runners, and and about, and the rest are like. Like you say, in other interests that have got golf, football, music. So my kind of, they call it the For You page or whatever on TikTok, it's actually great. Their algorithm's great because it's showing me stuff that um, it's like the football team that I support. It's the DJs that I like. It is the golfers that I like, that kind of thing. So for me, actually, that's quite a fun experience. I'm not sat there watching some dickhead like me dancing or something. It's... it's literally yeah. just built around my interests a bit like you're saying with youtube the same as like my youtube is on on the telly and you log in it's my profile and it is it's just suggesting the things that i actually like instagram's a little bit difficult different i guess because over time i always think i've maybe fo you've followed way too many people or yeah and you'll know this like i've only my account's gone bigger in the last few months and i don't i genuinely don't know <laughs> some of the well majority of the people are following me and I've found that I've missed interesting ones whether they've commented or sent me a message kind of thing and then I've and then I've started speaking to them I've gone they've been following me for months and they're actually either interesting or fun and I've completely missed it yeah well I mean I mean obviously most of yours are bots so they're not really any people anyway are they? Yeah, but it did cost, um... cost, <laughs> cost me 99 dollars for those followers <laughs> wow 99 i could have given you a cheaper deal much cheaper deal, there. um no no i mean yeah you're following i mean you've got a lot of american followers now haven't you i think yeah it seems that well, way 20 percent of the new followers i'll show you another time but yeah 20 percent of the new followers are american about well sorry 25 are american or canadian wow which, which is they love your humor some do some don't have to... <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah, or some. Get, yeah, I've or, noticed that as well. Some get drawn in by one video and then they quickly leave. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I um I think that you're right, and I think that, I mean the negative side of it is yeah I mean I've actually unfollowed a lot of people. It sounds awful, but it's mainly because it's nothing personal. Although 
that's the other weird thing. You know, you get messages from people saying, oh, I'm really like, I'm really sorry that you've unfollowed me. Yeah. Number one, how do you know that? Because you yeah. must have like one of these apps, which I don't have. I don't know who follows me, unfollows me. I don't really care. But they, you know, they'll message you and it's like really, they take it really personally. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, you know, it, why do I have to explain myself for a start? And then, um, and so I, yeah, I follow people who I feel like, I feel like I know to a certain extent. I don't want to, it's like on Facebook, if people try, try and be friends with me on Facebook, I won't be friends with them unless I know them. That's separate. And I don't really do anything on Facebook anyway. I do my ASIC stuff, but that's it. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest issue, I think, with um, Instagram or any sort of social media is just comparison. People just compare themselves constantly to other people, no matter what they say. And the, you know, the, the little monkey on your shoulder starts telling you stuff or the, you know, the jealousy comes out and it's the worst thing. I mean, the worst thing is people who put up all their every day. I do it sometimes. Every day they put up their split times <laughs> and yeah. like what they've done on the track or, you know, how much, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I find stuff like that just annoying. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I did it at the weekend because I was pleased with myself, but it's not really occasionally I'll do it, but it's when they do it every bloody day. Yeah, I think it's different, isn't it? But you can quite quickly tell if it's someone, you know, like some people genuinely use it almost like accountability for themselves, whereas some, the ones that I don't like, well, not don't like, I don't care, but, you know, almost like the, the well, humble... They don't show off. Yeah, the humble brag version versions of it all, that's the ones that, that are, yeah, they're the ones that great more than anything. We know a few of those, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, yeah. No. I, I think that I, I I think that Instagram is um, it's it's a funny old place, really, isn't it? And um, it quite, you know, it's gone. It's come a long. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's come a long way since pretty pictures. Yeah, and like I have a really positive relationship with Instagram. I think I enjoy it because I've got a quite a good interactive community of people that ask me questions and stuff. I enjoy making the content. I think it would be completely different if I was just, yeah, if it wasn't my job, essentially, and it wasn't part of my business, I guess. Well, would you do it? Would you actually be on Instagram? No, I always think that. I'm not 100% sure because when I'm not working, I'm not on it, really. Yeah, so I think I would because I've still got that. I'm still enough of a bit of a, like, narcissist to put my own stuff up there definitely and but I think just because I've done it for so long as a coach or as a whatever I was doing like 10 years ago I, I was Gary House PT I had a PT page and all that kind of thing on Facebook so it's it's always been just posting for work essentially and then but what I like is the stories and and that kind of side of things I guess so I follow a couple of friends and I watch their stories and that's kind of it yeah so because I feel yeah, like I'm catching yeah. up with people or like like I'll see you a couple of times a year I've only known you a number of years but I see you a couple of times a year but again I feel like we know each other more because we follow each other on Instagram maybe yeah and I don't do that with yeah everyone. yeah but but yeah you're right you you will you, you'll find people that you just instantly click with or you get you can get on with that is the good part and then the downsides are either yeah, I think just knowing when to take yourself away from it, maybe, to, to a certain point. But again, and the comparison thing, you've just got to really, 
it's a bit of a switch, isn't it? I'm not actually someone that would say you should stop comparing yourself completely because it's just human nature, isn't it? If, you, if you're not comparing yourself on Instagram, you'll be kept comparing yourself on Strava or whatever. <laughs> um, well, that, that's why I'm not on Strava, to be honest. But um, I think that the comparing thing is good. Yeah, you're right. It's good to a certain extent. But I think the other thing is um, is how you choose your mindset when you're comparing and when mm. you're looking at other people's stuff. So I chose a while ago to although it still slips in, I chose to look at people and see them doing things that maybe I would love to do or I wish I was doing and look at it and go, oh, fucking, that's great for them. I really want to, like, turn it around and be really happy, like, cheerleader, that's an awful word, but to turn, you know, turn around and say that, you know, that's brilliant. I really, you know, I think that's great. They de definitely deserve that or, you know, what a great time they must be having. Instead of just going, oh, why are they doing that? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that's unfortunately what a lot of people do um and you know as it's like you know that's why i love watching genuinely love watching your reels um and your stories because they just make me laugh and so therefore that's a good thing you know there's lots of people that i like following their stories i'm not so bothered about maybe their grid but their stories are just bloody funny so it just yeah. i love that yeah. so um you take out what you put in and you take out what you want i mean i'll be honest as well at the moment i'm a little bit bored with instagram i've got really nothing to post about hopefully in a few weeks time i will but, you know, so so don't don't post them, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, that people feel they have to post constantly. You don't have to. No, no, you can't all have like endless creativity. Perfect, amazing lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Before we wrap up, I just want to touch on because uh, I know this is coming up travel plans in the next month or so and race plans coming up. So travel plans, you're off in the van, aren't you? No, no, you're not we are, first, we are in the you're... van in the summer. That's right. No, Nepal. Yeah. Well, I'd love to drive the van to Nepal. It would take me a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we fly out. Um, ooh, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. Less than two weeks. So a week on Monday, uh, we fly out to Nepal. This will be my eighth time. Um, I love the place, and, and this will be Pete's first time. Yeah. Yeah, eighth time. Yeah. So. I went out in, so yeah, it was 2012 my first time I went, very end of 2012, I decided to go, that was my first experience of running on trails. I know, I'll go to the Himalayas, yeah. run up loads of mountains. Um, so yeah, so I'm heading back there um, and we're going to do, um, we were going to do Annapurna, but the uh, Nepalese tourist board have decided, I don't know if you've seen it, decided to put in a new law where independent travellers cannot tr yeah. um, trek independently anymore, you have to have a guide. Um, which doesn't work for us because uh, we're running and um, I don't think there's any guides that could keep up with us anyway. I don't think so. Um, and also, whole independent. can't Pete pass for a shirt. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> yeah, he probably, he'd probably, he would be able to carry a lot of kit. Um, <laughs> it's a donkey. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, we're going to, the great thing at the moment is that restriction does not apply to the Kumbu region, so the Everest region. So we're going to go and actually do a slightly backfired on Pete, bless him. We're going to do like a much tougher route. Um, it's called the Three Passes, which is something I've always wanted to do. It's part of Everest Everest route, which I've done, but you go to the Three Passes. So it's three passes that are over 5,300 metres. The highest one's 5,500. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, who knows what's going to happen for Pete because he's never been to that altitude before. Um, but we'll, we're going to take it pretty slow. We've got nearly three weeks. 
So mm. we're doing that. Then we come back. If you never thought about doing, if you never thought about doing those trips on YouTube, seeing as you love YouTube. Um, what you mean, videoing it? Yeah. <coughs> well, it's funny you should say that because he's just got a gimbal. Because he started doing some, he started doing some filming for um, the bodybuilders in our gym, um, which is pretty cool for a company. Mm. So he started working, doing some stuff for them. So he is doing some videography, um, and um, so. But the thing is, it's carrying it all, so we wouldn't be able to run. I mean, if we, yeah, yeah we just wouldn't be able to run with that camera. That's the biggest. He's taking the camera, but we're going to have to leave it in Kathmandu, which is really gutting because, honestly, the scenes there, as you can imagine, are just insane. And and again, YouTube has been amazing because I've been just putting in three passes and I can basically see the whole route from people who have um, done the route. Yeah. Um, in fact, Amelia Boone, I don't know if you know Amelia Boone. Yeah. Her, her boyfriend, Ryan Dooza, he is an amazing, he, he, he has amazing YouTubes. And he did the whole three passes and videoed it. And it was amazing. And so that's been so useful, you know. Um, yeah, have a look at that. He's done some great trips. Um, so so we're going to do that. We'll have our phones with these, these shitty photos. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we fly back in. And then literally like a week later, this could be a really bad idea. but we, Or it could be amazing. Yeah. We do the, the UTS-50. Altitude count. <laughs> um, <laughs> So actually, that's what I'm doing at the moment, training-wise, because I think a lot of people are asking, like, what am I doing? I'm actually doing, I've done a whole marathon block of training. Yeah. So like some quite long, hard stuff. Um, and then I'm going to literally stop, go to Nepal, and then spend three weeks high altitude bumbling along without any speed work. So I guess it's sort of specific, specific tra mm. training for getting closer. Then I'll come back, have a week to decompress, whatever and then go up to uts i could it could go really well it could go horribly wrong I think so the last time well, i did that i did the three peaks if you if you're even yeah. marathon fit for that because it's not it's not um technical at all now uh yeah it's just is it not no not the 50k so yeah you'd be good on that i think I mean, there's some really good fast girls going to be there. So I'm under no illusion. And, you know, I'm probably the oldest person <laughs> trying to, uh, they put out on Instagram, like the, the top women. Yeah. And there's 30 elite women doing, uh, or maybe even more, I think, doing the 50. Mm. And I'm ranked sick, which is not bad for me, really. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd love to get on top three, but that's going to be a very, very, very tough ask for me, I think. Um. And then that's, that's to be honest, that's all I've got planned at the moment. It depends what happens at UTS, whether I, because I really wanted to do OCC. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, but I they did me up like a kipper, didn't they? Because I thought after TBS I'd get a stone, but turns out running the hardest route in UTMB gets you fuck all. Yeah. So um, I know I some people that were getting like seven and eight stones and still didn't get entries last year. So yeah. Really? God knows what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you've got any ideas of what I should do, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Well, after UTS, we'll drag Pete on and we'll talk. I want to talk more about his, yeah, the strength training and the concurrent training and stuff like that, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, you should talk about that. And also you should ask him about what he wants to do later this year because he's got a bit of a lofty plan of Is what he? he would like to do. Um, yeah, he wants, I'm going to tell you because on. no one's listening. Um, he wants to run sub three hours for a marathon. 
um, 259.59. Um, and whether that would be, um, sorry, I've got a visitor here. Um, whether that would be, uh, <laughs> it's like a person, <laughs> whether that would be, um, this year, <laughs> yeah. I was cleaning his balls now, um, <laughs> this year or next year, but for those just listening, oh, yeah, sorry, it's the dog. Um, so we'll, um, we'll see, we'll see if he can do it or not. Where's he going to go for that? Did, did you say? Um, we haven't decided yet. We're looking at races because I looked at Valencia, but I thought, you know, what? I don't want it's all a bit Valencia is all a bit big mm. and could be a bit too, too much, you know. But there's actually, if anyone wants to message me, but I found a few that we need at the end of the year. We need it as late as possible. We need all the time we can get. I was actually looking at San Sebastian. You know anything about that? I know San Sebastian. It's a great place. Great mm. tapas. And it's really flat. When um, it's just whether the weather would be all right. It's November, end of November. Mm. Um, there's also Nice. Yeah. Um, there's... There's one there's in December. Two, actually. There's Pisa, which I've done, but that's December. Yeah. yeah. There's Pisa in December, which is really flat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll just sort of decide. And also, I want one where we can enter a bit later. Like, whole Valencia is really expensive. Yeah. The whole... It's, do you know what I mean? It's like a whole thing. And, and I'd rather, I think, if we're going to go for it, do something a little bit more maybe lower key. So I think I think that's probably what we'll do. I don't know. I presume I'm probably going to be pacing in, so we'll see. I did Malta. In, I've only done four marathons. I did Malta, and that has a long downhill section. So. I was going to say that's, yeah, isn't that net downhill, I thought? I think it is. It's a very weird race because there's a lot, there's lots of downhill, but there's lots of short uphills, and even towards the end, you're right. going over like... Um, you know, like motorway overpasses and stuff, which don't they obviously yeah, bridges. don't yeah. register on a profile. But when you're 24 miles in, you're like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. That's going to really like mess with your energy systems as well, isn't it? It's probably not so good. And even but... even at sub three hours, it'll be on his own as well. It's just not that enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. No, I think there's plenty of options. We'll have a look. Um, but we definitely need. There's lots sort of around October, but it's, that's going to be too early, I think. Mm. So I think if we can find something late November, it's all about weather, isn't it? But then, you know, April races are going to be, they're starting, they're getting too hot now. Um, and September races are really hot. So, and he hates the heat. I mean, he is basically 90% biking. Mm. So um, if we can do it sort of in Iceland, he'd prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. So we'll see. Good. Right. I will let you go and attend to the Hound then, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's walkies time, you know. It's, yeah, uh, he's giving me the eye. <laughs> right then, thank you, Holly. Uh, have a great trip. I'll obviously speak to you along the way. I want constant updates now, seeing as I know where you're going, and I will. Uh, mm. Yeah, we will drag Pete on after the UTS, then hopefully. Yeah, that'd be great. And um, he's uh, he is like a wealth of knowledge. Um, he just struggles sharing it. No, so, I but I think yeah. he needs to share it. That's why I'm going to, I'll drag it out of him, basically. Grilling. You can't say no to me. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and I will speak Thank to you, you soon, Holly. Oh, where, where can we find you all? Sorry. I, mean, I always assume that everyone knows you, but what was your Instagram no. stuff and website? So the Instagram is, oh, it's the same, actually. It's Rushed by Nature um dot com for um the website and then for instagram it's rush by nature um that's it i think 
and the Same website where you can get all the plans and session books and stuff like yeah so the website we have um e-guides on there um and then we also have concurrent training plans on there as well and we've got a discount at the moment 20 percent off any phone rolling plans um no we use those to well we did use it holding the door open but i think we burnt it in the end because we ran out of logs <laughs> okay Right, on that note, I will leave you to it. <laughs> Don't forget to start. Lovely to see you. Get your DMs in early for the front runners next year. Start messaging Holly now, I reckon. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, bye-bye, everyone. Thanks, Gary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.